This is the Christian Circle Podcast and you're listening to Pamela Fernandez where we have conversations about Christian living. Here's the show. So welcome to a new episode of the Christian Circle Podcast. Today we have a new guest and that is Sister Emily Beata Marsh. And she's going to talk to us about the Saint, Saint Margaret Mary Alaco. And the reason why we're talking about her this month is because of the Feast of the Sacred Heart. So, uh, Sister Emily, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry? So, my name is Sister Emily Bayada. I am a member of the Daughters of St. Paul, a religious congregation. Um, and our mission is to proclaim the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, through the media. So that includes, we were founded about 100 years ago. Actually, we just celebrated our 106th birthday a couple of days ago. <laughs> um, and at the time, the, the media included mostly print uh, materials, so books and newspapers and magazines. But as things developed and came along, things like radio or um, video and movies, cinema, and then now so many means with the internet, digital and social media, and um, our sisters are involved in all of these things. Uh, to help people know Jesus better, um, whether that's uh, Catholics who already um, maybe are already baptized, already go to church, and we want to help them deepen their faith, or people who, who don't really know God at all. And we, we encounter people in our, our book and media centers um, and in our online ministry who are, are really questioning and just want to know, okay, what is this all about? And we hope that um, our presence in the media will, will help people to know God, know who God is, know his love for them. Um, so that's that's <laughs> what we do. Um, I personally, um, I work in our vocation office, so that means I help young women who are discerning a call to be a sister, uh, who want to know more about religious life, about sisters in general, and also about our, our community, the Daughters of St. Paul. You actually wrote a book about St. Margaret Mary, right? And the Sacred Heart of Jesus in your Encounter the Saints series of books. So um, who was St. Margaret and um, what was her early life like? So yeah, this is a series of books that we have uh, for, for children to encounter the saints, to meet the saints, and to, to sort of come to know who they are and, and to be able to imitate them as well. Um, so I, yeah, I was blessed to, to be able to write the, the book on St. Margaret Mary. Uh, I don't know, you know, how much you know about her, but she grew up in France in the mm-hmm. 17th century, um, and she had actually kind of a hard childhood. <laughs> um, her father died when she was young. She had several brothers, um, but she she had uh, went through an illness when she was a child, and then her mother went through a very serious illness when Margaret Mary was a child. Um, so, yeah, so a, a lot of things that didn't make her, her childhood necessarily easy. Because her father died, mm-hmm. they lived with relatives. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you read accounts of her life and it's a little bit like a, uh, sort of like a Cinderella story. Mm-hmm. Like the in-laws didn't like Margaret Mary and her mother very much. And there was a lot of suffering there um, in the family. But, um, but despite that, uh, Margaret Mary grew up very close to her family and, and very close to God. So I, I think she was great kind of from a young age desire to, to know God and to be close to him, and, and she really looked forward to receiving the sacraments, um, mm-hmm. the, the sacrament of the Eucharist and the sacrament of confirmation, and yeah, and in participating in, in the life of the parish, so there's lots of stories from when she was growing up of her, her she and her mother visiting the parish priest and, and hosting priests even at their home that were giving missions at the parish. So yeah, I, I would say in general, she, she grew up you know, very close to her family, very close to her mother. 
and then just the special desire to kind of find out God's will for her life. Mm-hmm. Well, it was said that she was very uh, particular, even at a very young age, as a child, as as little as nine, um, to spend a lot of hours with the Blessed Sacrament, right? Yeah, yeah, she prayed a lot, and, and I think when she, sometimes in the church, and then when she couldn't be in the church, um, she loved to pray in nature, so to, to be out, outside, you know, after she finished her chores, whatever she was supposed to do, to be outside and just to kind of take in the presence of God. So, yeah, yeah, she, she definitely um, received that special grace of just desiring to be close to God and finding Him, you know, in, in all places. So with saints, usually there is something, there's like a turning point in their life. There's something that just sparks, you know, their mission and spurs them on. So what is the, the turning point in St. Margaret Mary's life? Yeah, I think there's actually two for mm-hmm. Margaret Mary. It's really interesting because she's not one of those saints that, you know, lived a wild childhood and then mm-hmm. had this big conversion, mm-hmm. you know, like our, our patron, St. Paul, <laughs> that we remember <laughs> this month also. Uh, not, you know, not like that. She, she was always, always had this desire to be close to God. But I, I think there were a couple of points for her that just led her even deeper. So it kind of goes to show you that no matter how close you are to God, mm-hmm. God can always take you deeper. So yeah. uh, I, I, the first turning point for her was she entered the convent, she entered the order of the visitation. And, and that was, um, it was a big moment for her. I, I think it showed her just how much God was directing her life you know, leading her to the right order of sisters to enter. But also, uh, her family kind of opposed it a little bit. She had to sort of convince them that this really was God's will for her life. Her mother was, you know, was afraid that she would never see Margaret again and, mm. and really broken up about that. And, and her brothers kind of felt like, because the order of the visitation was relatively new at that point, you know, now it's like 400 years old. But uh, at that point, it was only, you know, 50 or 60 years old. Mm. And they thought, well, we don't know anything about this this new order. Why don't you enter something that's already established and we know, you know, how, how your life will go. So, so she had to overcome a little bit of that. And, and I think that was a big, big turning point for her, just realizing how God was directing her life and, and would help her, you know, to, mm-hmm. to overcome those challenges. And then I think the other big turning point, obviously, <laughs> would be when, um, as a sister, and, and I, don't, I don't think she had it necessarily easy in the convent. She mm-hmm. had some opposition overcome there as well, uh, but, but was very happy, you know, happy to, to have found her vocation, happy to be um, so close to God and to be living living a spiritual life so close to him. But, uh, but as a sister, when she saw, when she had the vision of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, I think that was the other major thing for her that, that kind of helped her discover, um, you know, her vocation within a vocation, if you will, mm-hmm. her, her calling within her calling, that not only was she called to the religious life, called to be a visitation nun, but Jesus wanted to use her to reveal the love of his sacred heart to the world. Uh, and, and that, you know, that was a whole journey for her. Um, but, but yeah, it's kind of those two moments, I think, were very, very pivotal for her life and, and teach us a lot as well. So, how did this devotion of the Sacred Heart of Jesus come about? Because um, it was only recognized nearly 75 years after her death, and most people within the church itself weren't very pleased with the uh, pleased with all of this initially. In fact, her own superior was very much against this. So, how did this devotion of the Sacred Heart start, and what is the devotion of the Sacred Heart of Jesus? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense if you think about it. You know, if if there were a sister in my community who started to, you know, was saying that she was having visions of of some aspect of Jesus, it would take a little convincing. You know, you don't 
I think naturally we don't automatically um, believe that, right? Mm-hmm. But so yeah, so she did encounter some opposition from from her superiors and and from the other sisters in her community. Uh, but basically, the the devotion to the Sacred Heart came to its full revelation in these visions of Jesus to Margaret Mary. But it's also very rooted in the whole life of Jesus and in the, the biblical tradition, because we have the, the line from, from the Gospels, after Jesus died on the cross, his heart was pierced mm. by the soldier's lance. Mm. Um, so we have right from the very beginning, the heart of Jesus just pouring out his love for us. But it wasn't so um, articulated or expressed, right? Even though uh, in, the, in the early church, and definitely in the type of, of Margaret Mary, the five wounds of Christ were, were very venerated. And, and always on Good Friday, we venerate the cross and remember the, the great love of Jesus who sacrificed himself for us on the cross. And the wounds of Christ symbol of his love for us. But uh, yeah, but, but Jesus wanted to reveal in a really special way the love of his sacred heart to Margaret Mary. And he gave her this commission to um, then communicate it to her professor and her community and, and from there out to the whole world, right? So uh, I'm sure I'm sure that was overwhelming for Margaret Mary at, at times, but she did take it to her, her confessor, who was also a, a canonized saint, Claude de la Colombie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was very instrumental in, in you know, writing it down and then communicating it to the proper church authorities um, and all of that. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, basically the, the devotion to the Sacred Heart is uh, recognizing that Jesus, because he became a true man, has a human heart. And with that heart, he loves with a divine love. So mm-hmm. we we have... We have a God with a human heart who loves us infinitely. Um, so that's kind of the the mystery um, of the Sacred Heart, and that's what we're what we're venerating and, and worshiping when when we when we pray to the Sacred Heart. Um, but but Jesus, in his visions, uh, in the appearances to Margaret Mary, uh, just revealed aspects of, of his Sacred Heart over and over to her. So so she saw him, you know, with the the image of his Sacred Heart. In one vision, she she. Jesus invited her to put her head on his sacred heart, so to kind of feel mm-hmm. the beating um, of, of his sacred heart. And um, and then also revealed the, the devotion of the nine first Fridays, mm-hmm. uh, which is something that's still practiced today, where mm-hmm. going to mass and communion and confession on nine first Fridays in a row and promises special graces um, to his sacred heart to those who carry that out. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything more you'd like me to... to there's so much to say about the, the devotion to the Sacred Heart and, um, and Margaret Mary's role in it. But yeah, that's kind of, kind of a basic. So I think they also included um, doing a holy hour, which I think became very popular during her time as well. Um, doing a holy hour to dwell on the agony of Jesus in the garden. and mm, Yes. Yeah, and I don't know. There, I think there are some other things, but the, the main thing is the First Friday devotion, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, and you're right about the holy hour, and she would often ask her superior for permission to make that holy hour on Thursday nights, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like Jesus made it on Holy Thursday. Okay. Um, Margaret Mary would ask permission to make that holy hour, to keep Jesus company in the garden mm-hmm. on, on Thursday nights. And it's interesting because sometimes the superiors would give permission and sometimes not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Margaret Mary struggled with that because Jesus was asking this of her, but then her superiors were giving her permission. And Jesus at one point told her that her obedience mm-hmm. to her superiors was the greatest sacrifice that she could make and the greatest expression of, of her love for Jesus that she could make. So um, I think that's really 
really important and really encouraging in the sense of we might feel like we should be doing something or, yeah. or doing something more in our spiritual life. But as long as we're being really faithful to what Jesus is calling us in our state of life and in the, the even sometimes mundane you know, duties of the day, um, that's kind of the, the greatest sacrifice, the greatest expression of love we can, can offer to Jesus, like Margaret Mary. Yeah. In a way, it's similar to what Mother Teresa says, right? God is not calling us to be successful, but to be faithful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, I mean, you see that definitely in Margaret Mary's life, because when I was writing the book, like so many times I had to figure out how to express her. She felt like a failure so many times, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and and we're reading it, you know, 400 years later and thinking, wow, this, this woman was, was so faithful yeah. and so holy and so uh, devoted to our Lord. But she didn't feel that all the time. Mm. You know, she felt like, gosh, I can't, I can't do what Jesus is asking me. I'm, I'm a failure at being a nun. Like, mm. I, you know, she had all those thoughts kind of running through her head. And, and that, too, was really encouraging, just the humanity of, of the saints and of St. Margaret Mary. But, yeah, totally like, like Mother Teresa, not, not asking for success, you know, even in the case of Margaret Mary, but really for that faithfulness to whatever uh, the day is, is giving, you know, whether, mm. whether it's, yeah, you have permission to make this holy hour, or no, today you don't, um, and and just being obedient and faithful to that. And you know, there's there's a line I think I was reading about her on Wikipedia, and they said, oh, she her colleagues and everybody else said she was not very skillful at any of the tasks that she was assigned. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they 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 put her in um, formation for a while. She was with the novices. I think she was pretty okay at that, uh, but then she was in the infirmary for a while and supposed to be helping, you know, with the sisters weren't well and and she didn't do very well at that and she couldn't really cook and <laughs> yeah and it's funny because 400 years later she's a canonized saint and, and yeah, these things and, are still remembered it was because of her her faithfulness and yeah. her um i guess she really teaches us to like trust in our experience of god because mm-hmm. she could have kind of like blown that off you know, that, yeah. that prayer experience where she actually saw Jesus. Um, and he asked her, you know, to take this to your confessor. And, and this devotion is, you know, I, I want people to know how much I love them. Um, but because she was faithful to that, like, we can know, you know, more about God's love than we did before. So mm-hmm. that's kind of true for each of us, too. You know, maybe not in the same way yeah. of introducing, like, a whole devotion to the church. But, but absolutely, there's something that God has to say to the world through our lives that, that he can only say through our lives. And and another thing is, I think if he truly understood um, the love that Jesus has for us, I think it would change the way we look at the world itself, right? Yeah, yeah, and and Jesus kind of said that in so many words to to Margaret Mary, you know, saying over and over again, "Look at my heart, which loves people so much." Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it has to change the way that you that you look at the world, the way that you look at yourself. Mm-hmm. And, sure so what can we learn i mean there's so much to learn about her and it would be hard to emulate someone who is so devoted who is so obedient and from such an early <laughs> from such an early age but what can we uh, as ordinary people do uh, or you know learn from from this wonderful saint and and be like her yeah yeah i think um i mean one of the main things that i took away really was to to believe in my own experience mm-hmm. of God. So okay. so Margaret Mary had this, this experience of God where she was drawn to him from an early age and she uh, she followed him to her vocation, uh, to enter the convent. And, and then, you know, 
to the point of Jesus wanting to reveal his sacred heart to her. And, and she believed in that. And she, she followed that and she clung onto that with all her strength, even mm-hmm. when it got really, really difficult. Um, and obviously, you know, my path is not going to be exactly the same, but, but I think each of us has experiences of God in prayer. And, and sometimes it can be easy to, to discount them and to say, well, you know, okay, that was, that was a nice thought or, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Sometimes we don't always quite believe what, yeah. what God is telling us in prayer or believe that he's revealing about his love for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Margaret Mary taught me to, to really believe and to cling to what God reveals to me in prayer and to let that direct my life in a certain mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, you know, other things just like we talked about, uh, just being faithful to, mm-hmm. to her daily duties. Um, you know, we can, we can do that too. We can learn that from her. Um, and I think also, you know, we talked a little bit about her not being like really skilled at a lot of, a lot of things um, or sometimes feeling just constantly like a failure. Mm-hmm. But, but it's what she did in that that I think we can emulate. And, and she always went to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, you know, when she felt like a failure, when she felt like she couldn't do something, when she didn't know what to do, she always mm-hmm. went to Jesus and then always sought the advice of her confessor and always submitted things to her her superior too. Mm-hmm. So you know, we can do that too. And everybody has has those ups and downs of life, and those moments when we feel like, oh, I really messed that up, or mm-hmm. or um, just feel like I don't know what to do in this particular situation, or or just moments of feeling overwhelmed. You know, it's it's a busy time with the end of the the school year and the beginning of summer, and it's it's easy to feel like, oh my gosh, there's so much to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think bringing all those feelings of confusion or or feeling overwhelmed bringing that to Jesus, um, just like Margaret Mary did. And, and maybe, you know, maybe we don't feel anything, um, too special from him, but just knowing that we can, like Margaret Mary, kind of put our head on his heart and hear his heartbeat and remember that he loves us. Um, and that that's the most, most important thing in our lives. And, and like you mentioned, no matter where you are spiritually, God is always drawing you deeper, right? Deeper and deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and for Margaret Mary, you know, even starting off very close to God, we can see looking at her life, like, oh my gosh, God did so much. And and I think if, if we're honest and we look at our lives, we can see God doing that with us too. You know, if you look back at your yeah. life two, three, four, five, ten years ago, <laughs> um, God, God has done things in our lives, right? And, and we can sort of do him the favor or pay him the compliment of really believing what mm-hmm. he's done in our lives. And, and I think during this time, especially um, with, with all this social media, with all these things clamoring for our attention, um, we're, we're slowly losing belief, if not becoming lukewarm to, to the devotion of the Sacred Heart and to Jesus himself. Yeah, um, it can happen. You know, there, there's so many things to divide our attention these days, for sure. Um, but I, I think, yeah, even with all of that, maybe the devotion to the Sacred Heart is what we need right now. You know, kind of that one thing that sort of focuses focuses us and, and and it's an image too right it's the yeah. image of the heart with the flame of love and, and that's something that we can just kind of like fix our gaze on and, mm. and when we are feeling divided or um you know things are are calling out for our attention here there and everywhere we can sort of close our eyes and just picture that that heart that's beating that's loving us and then when we open our eyes again you know we kind of we're able to see that heart in all those things mm-hmm. that are, are clamoring for our attention so mm. yeah it, it might be kind of exactly what what we 
In in India, we actually have like in every home, it, it was asked of every home to have the image of the Sacred Heart and Immaculate Heart of Mary on the altar, yeah. every altar. Yeah. yeah. And kind of dedicate the home yes. to the Sacred Heart too, yeah. right? I think enthronement of the Sacred Heart. Yeah. Uh, do you have any last words on uh, Saint Margaret Mary and um, the Sacred Heart of Jesus? Yeah, I guess it's it's just impressive, you know, to think about a woman four hundred years ago who was a cloistered nun. Um, and, and, you know, 400 years later, where we get to reap the benefits of her faithfulness yeah. to Jesus. So I think that's just inspiring in a sense. Um, you know, people 400 years from now might not remember my name or your name, but certainly there will be people who have been affected by our lives. Mm-hmm. If we can, can put into practice that, that faithfulness to Jesus and that real strong belief in his love, um, yeah, I think also it's just really beautiful that God raises up saints at the times when they're really needed, right? Mm-hmm. So if you look at history at the time of Margaret Mary, mm-hmm. um, uh, there was kind of like a harsh tendency, right? So spiritually speaking, like people yeah. were were being instructed to like perform these penances and, mm-hmm. you know, um, kind of a, a, a harsh view of like how God would judge you yeah. at the end of your life. And instead God reveals to Margaret Mary that, that, his heart is just longing for his people and, and really longing to love his people um, and not, not denying the judgment. Like we, we need yeah. to, we need grace. We need to avoid sin. Um, and we need to remember that we will be judged at the end of our life, but we'll be judged by a God who became man and took on a human heart for us. So um, I think, I think that too, it's, it's really hopeful for our times. when when we look around and see, you know, so much confusion and, and a lot of different crises, we can trust that God is going to raise up the, the saints, the holy men and women that we need for our time as well. So thank you so much, Sister Emily, for talking to us about uh, St. Margaret Mary and um, the Sacred Heart devotion. And uh, thank you for also writing the book, because if, if it wasn't for the book, yeah, you know, it, it's so hard to find books on her. And it's so hard to find people who are alive who have written these books about her. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so thank you so much for agreeing to come on this podcast. Thank you to your superiors as well. And tell people where they can find you and where they can find your books online. Sure. Yeah. And thank you. This was a, a real delight to speak to you about, about a, a project that I loved doing. Um, People can find me on social media at Sister Emily Bayada. They can also find uh, find out what our sisters are doing um, on social media at Daughter St. Paul. And our website is daughtersofstpaul.com and the book is on online.org. All right. Thank you so much once again. And we wish you all the best for your ministry. Thank you so much. God bless you. <laughs>